Thank you, Jordan. Thank you for being here. I thought about not saying anything, and then I thought, well, maybe I need to. So it was not Jordan's fault. Maybe I gave him the wrong scripture, but thank him for reading. He always does a great job, and we're so appreciative of him and all the men who read our scriptures from week to week and take part in our services. We're very thankful for them. We've got a good nucleus of young folks that are learning to serve in various ways. On Monday night, last Monday night, Monday night for the Master, we had some young folks that were learning to lead singing. And they did a great job. And so they are the future of the church. And we appreciate Tyler and Jared and those who were working with them. And uh, it was great to see them up and leading singing. We're looking today at Matthew chapter 7. This is, as you well know, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And Jesus provides a platform for teaching, teaching necessary to become one of his disciples. And so in verses 13 and 14, Jesus contrasts the two roads of life. One road is filled with a lot of people, the multitudes. But then there's another road. It's a narrow road. And Jesus said, there are but a few that travel on this road. So with that in mind, let me just read for you again. Read with me what Jesus said beginning in verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. As you think about Jesus presenting these two roads, here's my question today. What road are you traveling in life? If you go back and look at the book of Deuteronomy, there's an account of Moses on the plains of Moab presenting a series of lessons to the children of Israel, those that had that second generation of people. You remember the first generation died in the wilderness. This next generation, they're going into the promised land. And so Moses, as he brings his discourse to a close, said, I have set before you life and death, good and evil. And then the exhortation, choose life that you and your descendants may live. And so they had two roads before them, just as we have two roads before us. On the one highway, you have what I would call the highway of the sinful. But then there is another highway, another road. It is the highway or the road of the saved. And so again, I want to ask you this question. What road are you traveling in life? Let's just begin by talking about the highway of the sinful. And there's some things that I think emerge out of a study of this text. Bearing in mind that Jesus is picturing a broad road that ultimately many, many people are following, traveling upon. So, number one, this is a road 
of the popular. In other words, the majority. Now, we live in a day and time when, in many respects, majority rules. And there are people in our world today, they think if the crowd does it, then, hey, you know what, there's got to be something to it. And yet Moses wrote in Exodus chapter 23 at verse 2, he said, Do not follow the crowd or multitude to do evil. Look, just because the world says it's okay, that's not an index as to right or wrong, is it? There are a lot of people traveling this road. You might picture it like this. We're living as children of God, striving to the best of our ability to live within the scope of God's blessings. Many people in the, in the world today, they're traveling downstream, and we're trying to make our way upstream. It's a constant battle. It is that straight way that Jesus is talking about, the difficult, the compressed way. It's very difficult to get on that road. So, number one, it is the road of the popular. But number two, it is a road of peril. Now, you can do a Google search. There are some roads in this country that have been identified by people all across this nation as being very hazardous and dangerous. If you choose to walk on this road, you need to understand there are a lot of hidden dangers, a lot of problems, concealed problems. Now, the devil is the master of disguise, isn't he? You remember Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that he is the God of this age and he has blinded the minds of them which believe not. There are a lot of people in our world today, they have no idea that living a life of sin presents a host of problems. There's an old adage, for every action there's a corresponding reaction. Paul would say, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. The devil says, look, if you like it, do it. If the world says it's okay, it's okay. But understand that there are hidden dangers along the road of life. When you travel this road, you need to understand you're doing so at the expense of your eternal soul. That's a frightening thing, isn't it? The Bible tells us that the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. If we're going to ultimately battle the devil and win, we've got to understand his tactics. That's why Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So it is a road of the popular. It is the road of peril. Thirdly, it is the road of pleasure. Now listen, I can tell you why there are a lot of people in our world today that are on that broad road, because it's a lot of fun. There are people in our world today, they'll tell you right up front, I'm not willing to give up a life of sin because I enjoy it too much. Remember what the record says about Moses? Moses was 80 years of age when he began working on behalf of God to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. 
And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 that he chose to suffer afflictions with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now you can have a ball in this world. I, I can promise you that. But to understand that at some point in time, the train's going to stop. The fun will end. That life of sin will end abruptly. And so, you want to go out and drink and smoke and cuss and engage in unwholesome behavior? That's your choice. That's your prerogative. But understand, you do so at the expense of your eternal soul. But then there's another thought. It is the road of the perverse. Could I ask you a question this morning? Do you think as a nation of people, do you think as a nation that has in many respects enjoyed the blessings of freedom because men and women have literally paid the ultimate price for our freedom. Are we as a nation getting better or worse, morally speaking? Better or worse? And why is that? You remember what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3? He said, evil men grow worse and worse. Once you begin that descent into the abyss or that cesspool of immorality, there's no shoreline. Once you begin removing those barriers to right and wrong, good and evil, truth and error, let me tell you what, you'll find yourself out in the middle of the ocean and there is no shoreline, no way to get back home. Our nation, the world as we see it, not getting better. It's getting worse, but not better. And the reason is because once sin finds a home in the hearts and lives of people, the devil doesn't want to let go, does he? You remember Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 said, Neither give place to the devil. What he was saying in that text is that the devil has enough real estate in this world. and We need to quit giving him more and more real estate. So, it's the road of the perverse. But also it is identified as the road of the prodigal. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus presents a series of parables, three, to emphasize the value of the human soul. That third parable, well known by all of us, the parable of the prodigal son. Here is a picture of someone at one time who had life by the tail. Things were good. Lived at home, had a good family, food to eat, clothes to wear, everything that he could ever want. But he decided he could do better leaving home. So he asked for his inheritance. His father granted him that. And Jesus said that man took a journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living, profligate living, as we would say, prodigal living. Well, what happened? At one time, he's on the right road. 
But now he's on the wrong road. He's on that broad road leading to where? To destruction. Once he had spent all, the Bible says there arose a severe famine in the land and he began to be in want. Let me tell you what. You get on that broad road, the highway of the sinful, at some point in time in this life, you'll be in want. You'll find yourself in need of things, spiritually speaking, that are beyond your reach. And why is that? Oh, the danger of a hard heart. The danger of going too far, staying too long, and never coming home. So it's the road of the prodigal, and then also the road of the prejudiced. Now listen to what Solomon said many years ago. There's a way that seems right unto a man. But he said, the end thereof, the ends thereof, are the way of death. Now, in our day and time, sadly, there are people that have become prejudiced toward Christianity. They have become prejudiced towards the Word of God. And what they will tell you right up front, I have no use for Christianity. I read about a very famous individual that passed from this life just a few days ago. I'd listened to his music as a younger person person quite often. Not a lot, but I did listen to him. I thought he was a good musician. But I did not know that he had an adversarial view of religion. And so before he died, he posted something on social media. Had to do with heaven. Here's what he said. I hear heaven is greatly overrated. I wonder what he thinks about it now. You just think about that. You can become prejudiced toward divine truth. And you can reach a point of, as I said a minute ago, no return. And then, sixthly, it's the road of perdition. Jesus said that broad road, that road that multitudes are following, the end result of that life, that road, is destruction. In Matthew 25, when Jesus talked about those on the left that had not ministered in His name, He said, these will go away into everlasting destruction. I'm not talking about annihilation there, but rather their quality of life diminished because they chose a life outside of Christ. They chose not to live for it. So on the one hand, we have the highway of the sinful, but then the flip side of that, the highway of the saved. Well, what about this highway? Again, think about the road you're traveling in life. What road are you on? You're on one of two roads. You're either on that broad road or you're on that narrow road. Are you among the highway of the saved? Let me tell you about that highway. Number one, it is the road of the few. Let me encourage you to do a little bit of study this week. Take a concordance and go back and just look at the number of times the word few is found in Scripture. For example, do you remember what was said about those people that lived in the days of Noah? 
As Peter said, while the ark was preparing, now listen, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. 1 Peter 3.20. How many? A few. I don't know how many people were living in the days of Noah. I would imagine many, many people on this earth. And yet, out of all the multitudes of people that lived on planet earth, only eight souls were saved. Few. When Jacob stood before Pharaoh in the book of Genesis, in chapter 48, he said, the days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Now note. Few and evil are the days of my life. Few. 130 years, but still a few. When Job wrote in Job chapter 14, verse 1, Job said, man born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. Now you might live to be 70, 80, 90, 100 years of age, but I can tell you this, you'll pass by just like that. And you'll be gone. No wonder James said, life's like a vapor, it appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20. Many are called, but few chosen. The few. Are you among the few? Out of all of us who are present today in this assembly, how many would be numbered among the few? The saved. Let me tell you what, it's not just the road of the few, it is the road of the forgiven. That's very important. Why did Jesus come to earth? I can tell you why. He came to save you from sin. And you remember the Hebrew writer asked the question, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You think about what God has done for you, what He's done for me. Solomon asked this question many years ago in Proverbs chapter 20. He said, who can say, I have made my heart clean? And am pure from my sin. There's not a single person can make that claim. The only way that you can enjoy forgiveness is through the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus. And the only way you can be forgiven is to be baptized into Christ. For what reason? So that your sins might be washed away, removed. Acts 22, verse 16. Listen, that requires obedience to the gospel of Jesus, doesn't it? To understand that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is God interested in you as a human being? You better believe it. So much so that He sent His Son to die in our stead, the precarious suffering and death of Jesus. He bore our sins in His body on the cross, that we being dead unto sin might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes He said, you are healed. Is that you? The Apostle Paul said, when you obey the gospel, you are delivered out of the power of darkness. That is, you are delivered out of the clutches of the devil who is the God of this age, and the world is blinded by His efforts. He said, you're translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. It's in that context that you enjoy redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Is that you? Another attribute, the road of the saved. It's the road of the focused. Imagine all of us can look back and see where we came from. It's always good to reflect, see where we came from in life, but here's the question, where are you heading? It's one thing to ask, where have you been? But I want to know where you're going. Are you on your way to Canaan's land? Are you living like the Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 3? 
When he said, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your affection on things above and not on things on this earth. Is that you? Do you recognize that your citizenship, your commonwealth is in heaven? Are you looking for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God? Is that you? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in this life? Is that you? Now look, you're on one of two roads. You're either on the highway of the sinful or the highway of the saved. You can't be on both. Can't travel both roads. Never will work. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters. I know there are folks that try to have one foot in the church, one foot in the world, can't do it. Never will work. Never has worked. So what about you? Are you focused? You know where you've been? You know where you're going? When Jesus said to the disciples in the long ago, I go to prepare a place for you, He's talking to us. That is, those of us who are on the highway of the saved. But then there's another thought. It is the road of the fruitful. Well, what do I mean by that? Listen, it's not about me in this world. It's about living for God, isn't it? Isn't that what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount? Didn't Jesus say, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven? And didn't Jesus teach in John chapter 15, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit? Is that not what the text says? How fruitful are you in this life? What are you doing to advance the cause in this community? Are you a light? You know, Jesus said, Lights come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light. Are you light? Are you living? The kind of life that reflects New Testament Christianity day in, day out? I'll tell you another attribute of the road of the saved. It's the road of the faithful. Now, I'm not talking about people who are perfect. We're not perfect people. The church has the divine side, the perfect side, and then it has the human dimension, the imperfect side. Well, we're imperfect beings. But look, we can be faithful to Almighty God. In Matthew 25, what was it Jesus said? To those who were good stewards of the talents that had been entrusted into their care, well done, good and faithful servant. A lot of trials, a lot of temptations, a lot of hurt, a lot of suffering, a lot of anguish, a lot of agony in this life. Key is to be faithful to God come what may. That's what James said. James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he has been tried, what? He will receive the crown of life, the Stephanos, the victor's crown. One day God will own you and crown you if you're on the right road. And then finally, sixthly, it's the road of the fortunate. Listen again to what Jesus said. Let's just read it again together. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. But now verse 14. Because narrow is the gate, straight is the gate, difficult is the way, now note, which leads to life. And few there are 
who find it. What's so important about living the Christian life? Let's just say that you're on the road with the world and you're living outside the boundaries of God's grace and mercy. So what's so special about getting on the road of the saved? I can tell you what is so special. Every person who lives for God is blessed beyond measure. You know why? Because that kind of life will be rewarded. By what? By heaven. Again, go back and look at John 14 when Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You see, the bottom line is, when you live for Christ, when you're on the right road, those who are on that road, ultimately, they enjoy the blessings of heaven. Peter said that we have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled. He said it fades not away, it is reserved in heaven for you. So I want to ask you, let's just say that you're going to live to be 70, 80, 90, or 100 years of age. And let's say you're a young person and you're thinking, well, I've got time to get things right. I've got time to straighten things out. Well, number one, who told you you have time? Who told you that you'll live to be 70, 80, 90, or 100 years of age? You know anybody in this world? that can guarantee that you're going to be here 50 years from now. Know anybody like that? I don't know anybody like that. Listen, death may come. Solomon said, who knows what a day may bring forth. But then, secondly, who's to say that at some point in time in your life, you're going to be able to walk away from the world? Don't tell me it's impossible to walk away. Now look, we can do whatever we want to do. But I can tell you this, you live in sin long enough and you play with the devil long enough and there'll come a point in time when you reach that point of no return. You're not coming home blinded to divine truth. So number one, you need to think about the fact you're not going to be here forever. Number two, who's to say that you'll give that way of life up? And then thirdly, who say the Lord won't come? What if He were to come? Let's just say He were to come this very second. No time to make things right. If you're on the road of the sinful, let me tell you what, you're lost. Just that fast. If you're among the saved, then you'll enjoy the blessings of heaven. So what road are you traveling in this life? The beauty of life right now is you've got the opportunity before you. If you're on that broad road that goes to destruction, leads to destruction, you can make a change today. You can get on the right road. I always think about turn right and stay straight. Live for God. What would you need to do? Well, if you're, if you're not a member of the Lord's church, you need to understand something about the Lord. He wants you to be saved. So what would it entail? Well, you've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus as the Son of God. Then walk away from sin through repentance. 
confess his name before others, and then be buried with him in baptism. For what reason? For the remission of your sins. And so that God will add you to the church. Because listen, only those in the church will be saved. Ephesians 5.23 Then be faithful. Now if you're here today and maybe your life is not what it ought to be. Maybe you are in the world. and Maybe you're satisfied with the world. I can tell you this, there'll come a day when maybe you won't be so satisfied. So, could I encourage you to come to Christ? We'd be happy to pray with you and for you as we stand and sing.